Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. Today is December 20th, 2023. We continue our year-long series, Words for Life, and today's word is joy. And with that, we hope you are having a joyful season as we begin to celebrate Christmas this weekend. Children all over the world are so excited. But maybe you aren't. Maybe you're feeling maybe a little depressed or a little down. We live in a world full of false promises. They seem to be at every turn, every corner. So how do we recognize authentic joy? How do we recognize authentic joy that God has waiting on us? When have we been transformed by joy? Yes, joy is capable of transforming a life. But you know, life often uh, seems to be a big letdown. We're left holding the pieces broken hearts. I speak to many men who are older in their lives and they they reflect and they feel disappointed. They're not happy with where they're at. They're disappointed. They feel robbed of joy. And you know, life will sometimes hand us situations we just cannot understand. There's nothing we can do seemingly to change the situation. But it's during these times times like this, that happiness hardly seems to be an option. As a matter of fact, uh, that type of happiness can even be annoying. I know when I shared this on Sunday, I had a person that was sitting there nodding up and down. They said, yes, absolutely. Have you ever been annoyed by someone that just seems to be so happy? But Let's go beyond the annoyance. There is a truth that remains to be discovered. See, you may not be happy, but you can still have joy. There is a kind of joy that can exist even in despair. There is a joy that you can have in that despair that will actually birth hope. You know, Joy is an incredible experience that we can have with God. It awaits anyone willing to place their life in God's redemptive presence. Now and in the future. With that, let's look at some scriptures that we see from the lectionary. Today we'll be reading three, of course. Our first one will be Isaiah 61, verses 1 through 11. It is a quite long reading, but... Hang in there with me. 
It reads, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of a foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord, and they shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat of the riches of the Gentiles, and their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice and hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth, and I will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, as the earth brings forth his bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. I know that's a mouthful. And I'm reading that and I'm thinking maybe maybe I could have done just half of this. But there's a lot in there. There's a lot of important stuff. And even though I'm not going to cover every verse of that in this portion of this message, it's important to read. See, there, there are two voices. You're hearing two voices here. Obviously, one is the, the Lord. But there also is the messenger, the voice of the messenger who is telling you, I've heard the voice of the Lord. This is the message of what the Lord has to proclaim. And what is that proclamation? Well, that proclamation is a message of liberation. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good tidings. Good tidings is good news. Good news means gospel. What else is that liberation? It talks about freeing the oppressed, healing the brokenhearted, restoring wholeness. This is God's work. We're supposed to share in this mission. When you read this passage, it's incredible. It's full of things that should make us jump up and down and shout and scream. It's wonderful things. If you've been a slave and beaten and battered and someone suddenly frees you, it's a wonderful thing. But when I was contemplating this, really, I was thinking of an image of the, the German concentration camp of Auschwitz when you had all the Jews that were there 
in that hellhole. And the day that they were liberated and they were freed. And although many of them were joyful to be freed, you didn't see it expressed in jumping up and down. You didn't see it expressed in laughter. The people were just shells of themselves. They were skin and bones, tortured and maimed. They lost loved ones. Everything they ever owned or possessed, positions, jobs, their futures, everything was dust. They came walking out of those places like zombies. I want you to know this is not that kind of liberation. See, the liberation that the Lord is speaking here is one where if he was speaking of Auschwitz, not only would they be free, but the minute they stepped out, they would be whole. They would no longer be skin and bones. They would be physically whole. Their hearts would be healed. The things that had been stolen from them would be instantly there. You see, God's work is about a work of restoration. He's going to do something that we cannot even begin to hardly fathom what he wants to heal and restore in our lives. And it will be one of such that when we see it, we are overwhelmed with joy. You see, the scripture says we're to proclaim the year, the acceptable year of the Lord's favor. See, in the year of the Lord's favor, our debts are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. He's going to what? The crown of beauty for ashes. If you have ashes, you have nothing. It's been burned up. And yet God trades those ashes for something beautiful and substantive because it's a crown. For all the crying, he suddenly pours out the oil of gladness. And oil cleanses you. It anoints you. And it's something that makes you glad. And he replaces your despair with a praise. Oh, this this type of joy restores hope that there's a future, that things have not been destroyed. There is a future. This is the work of Jesus. He has come to bring restoration. And even today, we may not be seeing all the restoration, but it is coming. Because it's part of the proclamation of the acceptable year of the Lord. It's also part of the proclamation of the judgment of God. See, some of these things won't be restored to us until he has poured out judgment. Let's go ahead and read our next Verses in First Thessalonians chapter five, verses sixteen through twenty-seven it says, "Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely." And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you by the Lord 
that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. I read that portion, acceptable year of the Lord's favor in Isaiah. And it's easy to say, well, how do, how do I get that joy? How do I keep that joy? How do I, how do I do this? How, how, how? Why, why, why? That's, that's a, such a human response. But like my questions, joy can transform us. It is an experience that God wants us to have. Joy is not to be subject to our circumstances. And that's what Paul in Thessalonians is writing about. So many of us, we allow our circumstances to dictate the level of joy that we have. But the joy that God gives is not supposed to be dictated or subject to our circumstances. Joy is subject or a result of the work of God. In other words, if God is working in you, there should be joy. It's a product of his work. If you have salvation, you have the joy of the Lord. He goes on to, and we're commanded right here, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What is the will of God? The will of God is that we always have joy, that we pray or talk with him all the time, that we're giving thanks all the time. It's easy to give thanks when we're joyful and we're always talking with Him. That's God's will for us up there in writing. This is what we should do. What happens when we don't? What happens when our joy is taken from us? Well, how does that happen? Notice here he says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. That first one, do not quench the spirit. Listen, there is a move of the world and the enemy to have you quench the spirit. Once you begin to quench the moving of the spirit, you suddenly no longer see God's work in you. And joy is a product of the work of God. God is working in you. He saved you. That's God's work. His salvation at work in you, it produces joy. But if you begin to quench the Spirit of God, you're quenching that work of God. You're quenching the joy. When you despise prophecies, when God begins to speak to you His Word, and you despise it because you've seen so many bad ministers, bad prophets, bad preachers, bad pastors, bad whatever you want to call it, religious person. They've all said or some done something and then they turned out to be wrong or they turned out to be bad. And so now when the word of the Lord comes to you, you despise that word and now you are quenching the spirit. And when you quench the spirit, you now quench your joy. And once your joy is quenched, but you see someone else receive that word and they have joy, it just annoys you. See, when you get annoyed at another person's joy, especially when it's coming from the Lord, there's something wrong with you. 
you have received the wrong spirit. Instead of receiving the spirit of the, the Lord, you've received the spirit of the world or something else. Isn't that funny? The next thing he says is test all things. Yes, we should test that prophecy. We should test that word. We should also test the spirit with which we are receiving. Because if it is a word from the Lord, then we should receive it and not reject it because we have a bad attitude or a bad spirit. We should test all things. We should test ourselves as much as we test that word. See, from this, let me sort of kind of sum these three points up. We should have a life of worship. We should have a life of discernment. And we should have a life of holiness. And when I say holiness, don't start getting into works here. This is this is a life where the work of the Holy Spirit is working in you. That life of holiness. How am I holy? The Holy Spirit is sanctifying. See, this is a process of sanctification. It's one of those nice big Bible words, sanctification. But it's a work of the Holy Spirit that makes you pure. It makes you holy. So to have a life of holiness is the way to say, I have a life where the Holy Spirit is at work in me, changing me. If you have a life of worship, a life of discernment, a life of the holiness, the God working in you, it keeps you in joy. It's easy to rejoice. It's easy to talk to the Lord. It's easy to be thankful. Now let's look at a more practical application of this. And also, because it's Christmas, let's look at our last passage of Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 6 through 8, and then we're going to jump down and look at verses 19 through 28. So we begin in verses 6 through 8, and it reads, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as a priest before God in the order of his division. Verse 19. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And when the people waited for Zacharias, they marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned them and remained speechless. And so it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now we began off, it was talking about Elizabeth and Zechariah. I know that's not apparently clear to begin with, but that's who we're talking about. We're talking about Zechariah. He and Elizabeth are both righteous. They're walking before God. They're being blameless, but they don't have a child. Their circumstances is they're childless and they're old. And 
It says it's a reproach to Elizabeth. You see, it's considered a, a curse. You must be bad people to not have to have a child. It's, 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 it was very socially looked down upon not to have children. It was not good. And they're getting old. And they have no future because they have no children. They have no one to pass down anything to. Zechariah was a priest and his name, his time came up that he was going to get to serve in the temple in the Holy of Holies, a very special honor. It should have been a time of joy for his family, but guess what? It was not because their circumstances were, they were alone, they were childless. There was no one in their family they could give this honor to. There was no children that would be honored to say, my father worked in the holy place. There was no grandchild that would be able to hold up the honor of having Zechariah work there. It was, it was not good. They might have smiled on the outside and was thankful, but on the inside, it was empty. There's a lot of you out there that you're in your places. You're not happy where you're at. You're, you're disappointed with your circumstances. You put on a face and you smile and you say everything's fine, but on the inside you see no future. You don't have any hope. And then here comes Gabriel. Gabriel's name means one who stands in the presence of God. And he says he's bringing glad tidings. See, it's just like Isaiah. It's the acceptable year of the Lord. He's bringing glad tidings. That means good news. Good news means gospel. And the gospel is about Jesus. He's bringing glad tidings. You see, we are moving into John the Baptist who will proclaim the way for the Messiah who will save you and set you free from this no future. And when Gabriel gave him the message, Zechariah was so embittered about his circumstances that he couldn't receive it. You see, he didn't really test Gabriel, he doubted Gabriel. And so he despised the prophecy that Gabriel gave and he quenched the spirit. He didn't receive that with joy and he didn't leave that room with joy. He left that room cursed in mutinous because he did not believe. Listen, when you allow the enemy to steal your joy, you become mute for the kingdom. It's hard to become a witness about Jesus. It's hard to become a witness of the Lord, his kingdom, about what he's done. It's hard to lead people to the Lord when you have no joy because no one wants to be like you and joyless. People are drawn to the Lord because they see the joy, the love. They see the things that they lack. People are out here, they're in a joyless world. Why do they want to join you in misery if your joy has been stolen? But you know what? God is still merciful. And even though Zechariah quenched the spirit, despised the prophecy, didn't test Gabriel, God still blessed him anyway. He still blessed him anyway. Gave him a son to fulfill it. And when the son was born, Gabriel was given another chance to test the word. 
and he received it, and he believed it, and he said the minute he agreed with God, when he wrote on that piece of paper, his name is John, because he no one else believed it. They didn't want Elizabeth to name him John. And when they gave it to him, when he came into alignment with what Gabriel said, when he came into alignment with the prophecy, the prophetic word that was given, his name will be John, and he wrote it on that paper. The minute he did that, his mouth was opened. He didn't quench the spirit of that moment, and he was filled with joy, and everyone was filled with awe. It continues, Gabriel then went on, and he went to Mary. We all know this, Joseph, Mary, this is the birth of Jesus. He comes to Mary, he says, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Listen, I'm here to say now that even though this was Gabriel going to Mary about the coming of, of Jesus, I want you to know the Spirit of God is coming to you right now. And he's saying, rejoice, highly favored one of the Lord. And I can say that because the Bible says, John chapter 15, that we did not choose him, but God chose us. God is choosing you. To be chosen by God is to be highly favored. He's choosing you. John 15, he's chosen you to to bear fruit. To do things for the Lord. To have a work of God produced in you. See, that that is only the Lord can do that. Only the Lord can literally go to each and every person here and say, rejoice, you're highly favored. The Lord is with you. You are blessed among people. Just knowing that the Lord is speaking that to you, does that not give you hope in despair? Does that not bring you peace? Ah, the Christmas season, we've celebrated hope. We celebrated peace. Now we're celebrating joy. Lord wants to fill you with joy today. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those who are listening here would be filled with joy, that they will hear you whispering in their ears, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among people. Lord, I pray, God, that you would pour out their favor. You'd pour out your favor on them this year, Lord. That, Lord, that your work in them will produce a joy and their lives will be transformed. That it will never be the same, God. And that, Lord, that joy, God, that will transform them will work its way out, God. That it's not dependent on the outside, God. That instead your joy will work in them and will work its way out and change the things around them, God. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this podcast and this teaching. You can listen to other messages at our website at www.christianimpact.net. Please check out our website. And if you have a calling of the Lord, we're, we're sort of in a break with our school, but we, we have a school of ministry. We want to train up people that want to serve the Lord. It's free. It costs you nothing but your time and your effort. Check us out. Drop us a line on our website. And until next time, God bless. Yeah.